Like twin sons on a womp rat's tail. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, one and all. Hope you guys had a great week. It was, uh, it was a bit of a quiet week on our end, so we're going to be able to get to the Star Wars of it all real, real quick. But uh, nevertheless, we'll go through our, our regular routine. Guys, what's going on, man? How's, how's our week been? What's up, Carlos? What, what's new in your world? Uh, new in my world, I am uh, I'm fostering a dog. Uh, it's a, a new thing. Uh, hopefully, if it works out, then uh, maybe it'll be a permanent thing. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, that's the, the the big news in our in our household here. That's big news. Yeah, it is. It's all it's all yeah. It's always a big deal when you bring a bring a new member to the family around. Adopt, don't shop. Yeah, if you can rescue. Please, please go and rescue one of those the many, many animals out there that definitely need it. Uh, it once the kids fall in love, it's over. It's, uh, that's your dog. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, and here she is. She's just popping in just to say hello. Yeah, get, grab her a mic. Bring her on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy she's a lot quieter now than she was when I was in the car when I was bringing her home. Yeah, some, some dog's super nervous in the car. Yeah, or no, or they cause... love it to death. No, no, she was happy in the car, and she was actually at one point she was actually resting her head on my shoulder as I was driving. That's uh, cute. Yeah, no, it was adorable. But uh, there's, I also got split screens of like, hey, what if I have to press the brake real fast, and then she mauls my face? They can still snap sometimes. They're still an animal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, okay, all right, baby, move back. You can sit down now. <laughs> Please. Uh, yeah, no, I, no, but because when we let when I picked her up from uh, her uh, previous owner, um, she was crying a lot. She didn't want to get in the car, so it was a little it was a little difficult at first. But by the second half of the car ride home, already I felt that like you know, uh, she was uh, uh, getting close to me and uh, chilling like, out. You know, yeah, chilling out and like understanding that uh, you know I'm not going to hurt her, so she felt safe. And I, I think that's the most important thing, especially. For dogs in her situation, there were three dogs in the house where where she was, and um, uh, sometimes there's a little bit of a uh, a power dynamic, a power struggle. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, she needed to get out of there, and I think uh, surprisingly enough, I would consider my house a quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually uh, it's a good environment. So um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Good luck with that. Thank you. I realized that sounds sarcastic. Like, yeah, good luck with that. No, good luck with that. I hope that goes well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> good, good luck with that. Yeah, we're a dog. We're a dog podcast. We love dogs. Yeah, except for Kyle with his with his dumb olives. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, stupid cats. I love my cats, but God, they're stupid. Sounds yes, like she's looking at me. Too. Yeah, you, you dummy. Anyway, <laughs> I'm allergic to cats, so there's no way I'm getting one here. Yeah, I used to. I was so I used to be so allergic to them, and I just plowed my way through it until I stopped reacting. Yeah, well, I've been plowing my way through it for two years, and I swear to God, there's some days I don't think I'm waking up in the morning. It's tough, <laughs> man. It's tough. Yeah, it's my most severe allergy. It's it's really really bad. Yeah, well, try being allergic to beer, sheets. Corey. What's that? <laughs> try being allergic to beer. Ooh. No, no, not gonna happen. So I'm, I'm extremely allergic to it's cats, dust, mold, and douchebags. 
A... Yeah, tra- traffic is on my list. Uh, Boston <laughs> Bruin fans. There you go. There you go. Literally all those things. Ugh. I break out in hives and get stabby. It's, it's bad. <laughs> Corey, what's up with you, man? Eh, not too much. Just enjoying the, the beautiful weather we had, at least for the most part of the weekend. Just cooking up a storm as well. I was telling you before. No, 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 don't. I, no, we don't. Yeah, lamb, crab, babette, the works. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's Great. all we got to do over here, Great. man. That's all we got. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I picked up some stuff on the Star Wars front as well. I think you're in the same boat. We'll get the collecting stuff out of the way quick. But uh, I put the pre-order in at uh, our toy snowman up here up north to uh, for Tech and Aura Singh in the Black Series. They look super cool. Super on the fence with General Grievous. And uh, yeah, also General Ultron. Grievous, eh? oh, sorry, General Calrissian, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. Easy to confuse the two. I, I see how that could happen. It was a general thing. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. And I'm just, uh, I already have a Lando, you know, and then they're gonna do it again for the 40th, most most likely. Of course, card backs. Of course, so I'm probably gonna hold off. But also, I on the comic book front, I got TMNT, the Ninja Turtles Adventures number one from like 1988, like CGC graded 9.4. I don't know. I just uh, I saw it. I asked the guy. He's like, yeah, got a. No, I wouldn't say a deal, but. It was a fair price. Well, as long as you feel you were treated fairly, that's what counts. Exactly. It's a cool comic, man. It's, it's a nice book. It's from Archie Comics. Yeah. So it definitely it definitely has a uh, more approachable, kid-friendly tone to it. It's, oh, it's, not, sure. it's, it's not the Eastman the, and Laird stuff. No, no, exactly. It's based on the original. Roughly when the, the animated series came out on television, right? Kind of coincided there. So there's the whole nostalgia factor. I still remember... I never owned the comic, but I remember friends who did. And anyway, it's worth it what it is. Cool. Uh, quiet week for me on my end. Um, like you, I you know coming out of the back end of of uh, Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest on Friday, uh, which we'll talk more about in a second. I did pre-order uh, Tech to round out the Bad Batch. Actually, they they, they haven't done a uh, Echo yet, but the original four. Bad Batch are now on pre-order for me, so at some point this year, those will start rolling in. And um, Costco Reeves, another must-have. Had to have that that uh, figure to go with Bo-Katan and Mando. Um, but yeah, man, that the, the the fan fest from Friday gave us a bunch of reveals. Nothing terribly earth-shattering or new. Um, but car- before I get into that, Carlos, did you have anything uh, going on in your week, collecting-wise? No, no, uh, no collecting. Uh, I'm I'm waiting actually for a delivery of the uh, of that uh, the, the third uh, Tie Fighter. But other than that, I'm quiet. Uh, yeah, quiet, very quiet. Yeah, that's okay. Because I remember 2020 and how not quiet it was. Oh my god, disaster! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, in the best way. But yeah, so uh, FanFest that was held last Friday, which kind of snuck up on me. I knew it was coming, and then suddenly, boom, I saw a notification that it was starting. Oh, no. <laughs> what I, I, You know, my, my quiet, the, the quiet time of 2021 is kind of drawing to a close here. Uh, but we did get a look at Echo Base Luke. This is, so the, no, actually, Vintage Collection Reveals uh, gave us an updated Echo Base Luke. Uh, Trenchcoat Han from, from Return of the Jedi. Admiral Akbar, a royal guard. And um, now they're coming out with a, with a line of three and three quarter inch gaming grates, which were uh, previous to that 
in the Black Series range. And the first of four reveals on that front were the uh, Electro Staff Troop and Biker Scout from Fallen Order, uh, a Heavy Battle Droid from Battlefront 2, and a Shadow Trooper from The Force Unleashed. Um, but the big deal for me, <laughs> oh man, I guess it's sort of a, a soft fifth anniversary celebration thing, but uh, Anton Merrick and his X-Wing, Blue One, whew, that thing looks incredible. I've always, I've always held off the uh, vintage collection X-Wings. They're just, they're big and they're expensive, but Anton Merrick's is, is gorgeous. So I don't know if I'm going to completely lay off that one. It's so nice. Did you guys get a look at that? Yeah, I saw it. I saw them all, man. They look, uh, geez, so good. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're producing really great stuff. And I, you know, I, at one point I was snapping up everything vintage collection that I could out of these figures. I don't know. These, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to pre-order any of these. Or if they're already out for pre-order, I did not order anything yet. I might just wait to see what's on the pegs and grab them as I see them. Because now <laughs> my vintage collection stuff, I bring it home, I slide it into a box, and it goes away. <laughs> That's just not the way I want to want to be collecting anymore. So uh, it's going to be much more focused or disciplined, I guess is the better word, when it comes to vintage collection. And... Uh, on the Black Series side, we got to look at General Lando Calrissian, Aura Singh, Tech from the Bad Batch, uh, Q was it Q nine zero? Anyway, yeah. Zero the Droid from Mandalorian season one, and Cosca Reeves, and oh, man, they all look great. Like my only real complaint of of the batch was the antenna sticking out of Aura Singh's noggin, and they gave a perfectly valid explanation for it in the live stream. But to me, like it, it makes it look like a narwhal, which is not ideal. But obviously, Corey, you you ordered her, so uh, it didn't bother you. No, not at all. I love the character, man. Like, I'm I'm definitely stoked to have it. I I even went so far as back in the day to get the three and three quarter Clone Wars figure of her. I have the uh, Power of the Force version of the figure. And and when oh, really? I first heard, I didn't yeah. even know they made one of in that. Yeah, I'll dig it out later. I'll take a picture and send it over to you. But yeah, no, they they did make one. I'll um, just come by and pick it up. Mm, no, we're in a pandemic. You're not allowed to come over. Just chuck it out the window. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. No. I, I when I first heard that they were doing Aura Singh, I, I I gotta have this. That's such a great figure. Such a cool character. Uh. Again, I'll wait and see if I see it on the pegs and it, it jumps out at me. It'll come home, but uh, yeah, just that the, the the big fat antenna sticking out of her head really turned me off. It just looks so strange. Like it's supposed to be a, a thin, thin little thing. It looks like she's got a you know Louisville slugger sticking out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that's really about it. There's more stuff coming down the line from Hasbro. They keep telling, we keep hearing 2021 is going to be wild. Um. We'll see. We'll see what's 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 going to happen there. Otherwise, um, on my end, boy, it's it's quiet. Like we're we're going to get into it here with the Tartakovsky stuff in a few minutes. But you know, I I, I watched that this weekend in in prep for this recording and you know just to revisit it. I, I just I realized in twenty twenty one I've barely taken in any Star Wars whatsoever, at all, really. And it's like wow, 
Well, this year is like we're already what a quarter of the year through 20, 20 uh, no a quarter yeah we're a quarter of the way through 2021 and i have not watched anything star wars related i've read a whole bunch but uh watching it nope nothing zero not mando no movies thought that was weird so i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to rectify that very soon otherwise someone might call me a fake fan Anyway, uh, let's jump over here to our, ma- our main topics, uh, which, you know, it's great that there's really not much news to discuss this week, and really there wasn't anything. Um, so we get to talk as long as we want about the Tartakovsky Clone Wars miniseries. Um, do you remember this show when you when it first came out? I don't know if you remember, but yeah, I fully remember in the sense that uh, at the time you had taken me in, I was probably, oh Christ, I was like 24 maybe? 25, something like that? No, this came out in 2003. Yeah, okay, it was like, yeah, something like that. Anyhow, yeah. You had introduced it to me. And yeah, I, I always looked forward to it. Like, it was cool at the time. And that's one of the things I was kind of, I won't say disappointed. Like, I'm so glad we have it now on Disney Plus. But uh, the, just the fact that they were like, what, two, three minutes originally? Uh, yeah, well, the first. It's, I'll get into the breakdown of it in a second, but yeah, it's, when they first started coming out, they were yeah between like two and four minutes. Yeah, but I, I don't want to. I want to stress that a little more. The fact that uh, you and I were living together at the time, like you had your own place, and uh, a whole bunch of shit, like things were crazy, and I ended up kind of sleeping in your computer room on the floor for like I don't know, was it like six to eight months, <laughs> something like that. Oh yeah. boy, yeah, it was good times. Oh good yeah, times. oh yeah, it was great times. You gonna be in my. <laughs> landlord pissed at me over and over that was yeah, great good times it was, yeah, it, was, it was wonderful times glad i could be there for you <laughs> yeah yeah it was fun <laughs> but anyway i just remember you saying yeah you got to watch this series and like you know had had i not been there there was a good chance i probably wouldn't have co- seen it at that time because at the time it was kind of important right like we had no idea that we we're going to get another clone wars after which kind of eliminates this one in the sense that this one is not so much considered canon really anymore but it's still super hyper cool and i looked forward to it all the time and like you said it was i was disappointed that they were so short but also at the same time i was riding like a high high from uh samurai jack right right and th- th- this guy he had worked on that he had worked on batman the animated series so his repertoire was pretty Pretty cool, man. Oh, geez. Yeah, Tartakovsky was huge. I, I don't know what he's up to these days, but back then, 20 years ago or so, he was one of the bigger names in animation, for sure. Anyway, I feel like this show's been, like, swept under the rug, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's I'm glad that it's finally back on Disney. And it's like, oh, man, it's like one of those things that, again, like, uh, like the laws of attraction, I've, I've, I feel like I've been thinking about it a lot and telling my son about it. And then next thing you know, boom, it's on Disney. Like, boom, yes, sweet. It's such a cool little series, man. It really has a lot to offer. And I'm so glad because I honestly haven't seen it in at least 10 years, minimum. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure, at least 10 years. So it was really, really good to revisit it. Yeah, no kidding. Like, I, I last year, I think I watched it with with my son. You know, just on a whim on a Sunday afternoon. All right, let's check this out. And uh, I, I unreservedly, unabashedly, unapologetically love this this series. 
<laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, I just think it's such such a cool, stylish series. And you know, I I am and was a big Samurai Jack fan, so it was not a hard sell for me to hear that Tartakovsky was coming around to do Star Wars. I was already all in, all in. And you know, this is like still early phase of the internet where. Uh, you know, we didn't know what this thing was going to do for us. So up here, north of the border in Canada, watching it on StarWars.com was the only way we could get it, because we didn't, at least here in Quebec, we didn't have Cartoon Network. I don't know if, if it was available anywhere else in Canada, but like, I, I remember zipping home to my apartment in those days so I could watch, uh, so I could catch the episodes live when they came out. You know, I could always watch them at work, but it was I, it was one reason to zip home and enjoy lunch at home and, and watch this three to four minute episode of of new Star Wars, which was really, this was great holdover content between Attack of the Clones and, and Revenge of the Sith. And, and that's exactly it, right? Like, it, which led us really to believe that it, this was absolutely canon because it did take place, like you said, in between those two movies, which like, you're just like, okay, this is the buildup too. Like this, there's something brewing here, you know, like this is very important if you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I mean, we'd always wondered what what are the Clone Wars, and yeah, exactly this was going to give us a taste of that. And you're right, like we did not know that Filoni, who at that point was probably he may have been working on Airbender at that point. Hundred so percent, he was. He was. Air, still, Airbender came out in 2006. So yeah, he may have been part of the early stages of of getting Avatar, the last Airbender, off the ground. So, um, yeah, like we we had no idea Dave Filoni and George Lucas were going to team up to do six you know five six seven seasons of clone wars at, at, a, at a later point so this came out and and just it was impactful because it was going to flesh out some of that uh that, that important clone wars period and it was probably gonna ooh, are we gonna learn a little bit more about anakin's fall to dark spoilers we do and you know we're, we're gonna as we talk about this yes we're spoiling the whole thing i know it's only been on disney plus for a week doesn't matter it's been out for what, 16, 18 years or so. We're, we're going all in on this thing. But so, uh, I thought we'd, you know, just a little bit of history on this series. Uh, you know, we talked, we mentioned Tartakovsky. He's the brains behind the operation. So he was the co-writer, the executive producer, and the director of the series. So this is really his vision more than anyone else's. And that bears out when you watch it. You're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's all over this thing. Um, and you know, also in saying that, it sounds odd because, like I said, we, we I don't know what he's up to. We don't hear much about Tartakovsky anymore, um, but he was huge in the animation space. And it, what's cool is that he was uh, he was made privy to a bunch of design stuff. Um, you know that that George Lucas and and the art department was doing at at Lucasfilm in prep for Revenge of the Sith. So we you know when you see some of the cruisers and um, some of the attack ships, that stuff is coming right out of art for Revenge of the Sith, just so that it would feel cohesive with the prequels, and and that wowed me, it absolutely wowed me. Um, but season one, it started uh, November two thousand three, and uh, ran daily for two weeks, Monday through Friday for two weeks, then took a break over the winter and came back in March of '04 for what we now call season two on Cartoon Network. And then season three aired a year later in 2005 as Revenge of the Sith got nearer. And I, it, it's confusing. 
because the, on the DVD release, at least it was confusing for me because I do own both uh, volumes on DVD and it's just two sets, but it's volume one and volume two. So the way that breaks down is season one and two become volume one and uh, season two, no, season three became volume two. That's how it worked. And uh, I think in that in that third season is when they really started to blow up the episodes where they be, they went to like from two to four minutes each to like 10 minute episodes, 10, 12 minute episodes. So they really yeah, it were, lost its way. It, well, they, they, I think they had a more, con, uh, more concise story they wanted to actually tell because exactly. Uh, when, you know, when you look at uh, the story overall, especially in the first volume, first couple seasons, it's pretty thin on story. Like there's, it's, you know, it really is a bunch of stylized clips of, you know, of intense action scenes and they're cool as hell, but there, there's well, not it's much It's spelling out on. a lot of things too. Like it's spelling out, like you said, it's introducing some of the ships, but it's, I find a lot of them are also intro to characters and Jedi that we already know. Like a lot of Jedi just get their own two minute episode, right? Yeah. yeah like, but, but it's all clips. Like there's no overarching story. It's just, oh, now we're on Hypori. Now, now we're on this planet, and it's just battle, 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 battle. There's nothing. There's no real through line that holds. No, but the, like you see the together. different tactics and whatnot. But it's. I feel like that's an important part of the story as well. Like it also gives a big depth to it all as well. Well, I mean, that's what it was. It was just you know, let's let's, let's fluff out some of this Clone War stuff, and it was fine. It was you know, in in the first couple of seasons, for sure. It's it's it was style over substance for sure. There was not a ton going on. What what it actually did do though, and what it did well was, it opened the door to side tangent storytelling. So like this whole Disney Plus streaming thing wouldn't have happened without the Clone Wars and its predecessor of the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. So it's they they needed that. It was kind of like a a, a a comic book. On screen, yeah, and uh, I think it for for what it did in the sense of like expanding uh, the universe uh, or or showing giving a template of how to expand the universe. I think the I think it did a good job for that. Yeah, yeah, it really did. It, yeah, because when you if you watch it, you know, as volume one and and stop there, you're just like, oh, that was that was some cool some. I guess, you know, uh, cool battle scenes and, and they really, I got to see a little bit of Clone Wars action. Great. When you put the whole thing together, it starts to be more of a cohesive picture. Um, and we'll come back around to that. Um, some of the voice actors in the series, uh, some familiar voices. They had James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, Tom Kane was back as Yoda. Uh, Corey Burton as Dooku. Uh, TC Carton as Mace Windu. And uh, Anthony Daniels, of course, was uh, was back as three PO. Um, sometimes I I wish I knew what goes into some of these choices and how that stuff plays out. Like the voice actor for Anakin and Asajj Ventress, you know, they were they were replaced once they they came back with the Filoni series. But you know, and on the note of the Anakin voice actor, oof, <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, Matt Lucas, I think, was the name of the actor, and I don't think there's a relation to uh, the flanneled one. But nevertheless, it was 
some rough voice work there. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but you know, Gray Griffin did the voice of Asajj Ventress, and she's she's like animation royalty, and she voiced every she every female character in the series, which isn't many, granted, but she voiced them all. And I, I wonder, you know, she set the template for the Asajj Ventress voice, and I, I wonder why she didn't come back to do the uh, Filoni version of, of Clone Wars. Not, not that I'm complaining about what uh, Nika Futterman, Futterman did. She was fantastic, but you had Grey Griffin, and she got away. I don't know why he did that, but yeah, man, I, pretty pretty good voice cast overall, and, and some some carryover into the, uh, the the proper canon version of the show. Well, I find a lot of the we'll get into it again, but there's a lot of elements of this show that did cross over into canon. Like take this for example, like just the fact again mentioning you and I, you introducing it to me, and then saying, okay, this is leading up to Revenge of the Sith, which is like right around the corner, right in 2005. Anakin Scar, and then we also have them at the end, you know, uh, Palpatine getting kidnapped, and Anakin and uh, Obi Wan going after them. And like the way that ends directly, like the way the series ends directly leads into Return of the Sith. So it's like, ah, like it's just odd, basically. Like I, I, I have a question for you, Kyle. Like, you know, George saw this. He authorized it, right? And it was all hot at the time. Like you said, like Tartakovsky had just come off the heels of the award-winning uh, Samurai Jack and all that. But what inspired George? Did this inspire George to be like, no, I can do better. Like what made him decide in 2008 to be like, even though we've done a Clone Wars, I'm redoing another version of the Clone Wars. Like, how does that work, man? Like, cause to get the wheels in motion, right? Like it would have happened right around this time like uh, latest if you want to get a show up and running an animated show running in like two to three years like you'd have to start in 2005 minimum uh, so well, george must have had some kind of idea i don't which know is that he'd what, green light this i don't know what made him go do this and then say well i'm gonna now do a, a much longer run but one thing that you see in lucas's past is that he uses star wars to fund future star wars so like that that THX release in 94 was it 94 95 that came out and you know sold gangbusters and a lot of that money and a lot of the the toy merch that came out cuz you know they re-released you know Power of the Force a lot of that merch money and and, and uh, VHS money went to go fund the special editions which in turn helped finance the prequels so it's not crazy to me that uh, George knew that he wanted to do both series, but I'm going to do this little tiny series on a, was a smaller budget and uh, a smaller run, but it'll generate enough money for me to beef up my animation department. And then I can start experimenting with, with longer form storytelling in the form of, uh, you know, a five, five plus season show. I'm, and I'm throwing dartboards here at the wall, hoping it sticks, but that's, Lucas has had that pattern in his past, so it wouldn't shock me if he used the Tartakovsky series to you know to do an artistic interpretation, and then use that money to uh, you know, the money that it generated to to uh, fund the Filoni Clone Wars series. But what, what do I know? 
it's funny though like <laughs> as an artist you know tartakovsky's like coming off the heels of this thing being like i did something really special here you know what i mean i don't know if you i don't think he did season three did he yeah yeah the whole this whole thing is him okay so anyway he comes off the heels of this thing and he's like oh that was great and then george's like we're redoing the clone wars he's like really and cg really oh wow that's that's different that's great that's not necessarily my my niche but yes we know your services are no longer required well <laughs> like imagine how that plays out like as an like honestly though it's like okay you just come off the heels of this thing and then it's like yeah we're redoing it i mean we're, i, I have i don't everything and you're not involved i haven't read any interviews or anything that would indicate that you know, this there's is, bad blood. Uh, I don't think there's bad no, blood. No, there's no at bad all. blood. Like, I I'm, agree, but I'm it's pretty just sure, interesting. I'm pretty though. sure Tartakovsky knew. Like, George probably said, hey, I want to do this little micro thing because later I'm going to do this big thing, but I I want you to take this little micro series and go nuts with it. And that was that was right up his street. Okay, as long as there's, there's a bit of disclosure there, though. Like, I'm going to well, do my I, own thing later I don't know. on. I don't know. I know. But that scenario works better. For sure. And, you know, there's a if little not, bit of home cooking here for George Lucas. Be, it's a bit of a slap in the face, if not. No kidding. Anyway, look, Corey, you were talking about similarities between this series and, and the eventual eventual canon series. And there are similarities for sure, including, you know, the you know, almost like the just the format of it. Like the Clone Wars is way more of an anthology series. Like on like both versions, they, they follow different characters from week to week. Eventually, there's a through line that kind of emerges. But you know, one week you might follow you know, Padme with Jar Jar, and the next week might be Ahsoka with one of the Bonteri people, and and then oh, now we get some Anakin Obi Wan episodes, and then some clone episodes. So it really jumped all over the place, just like this micro series or uh, Droid Arc. Right, exactly, and that was that was really cool of it. Really, one of the cool things about this micro series is, is that it could hop around and, and give you a few minutes with these clones and a, a couple minutes here and there with uh, Kiedi Mundi and, and Ayla Sakura and, and, and Shaggy. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this Do you is... remember that, Carlos? Je- Jedi Shaggy. I, that one, I don't remember. The, the, the thing that's... Because because I watched it such a, such a long time ago and I didn't have a chance to, to, to float back to it since it's been, uh, by, uh, been on uh, Disney+. Plus. Uh, the thing that stands out the most to me was was uh, Grievous and uh, how much of a a real badass he was. Um, well, that's, this is like the, the the Shaggy thing is like the intro to Grievous, right? Like at the end of uh, season one, I guess. It's like a whole bunch of Jedi like huddled together in a cave, and Kiari Mundi's like trying to keep them cool, right? And they're all like nervous. You can see they're all sweating, and he's like, "Hold, hold." You know, and then like there's this one Jedi that looks exactly like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> and his nice. name is J- exactly. He's like Jedi Shaggy. And he's like Shaggy, like calm yourself. And he's just like, ah, like zoinks, like runs out and then gets Grievous stomped. Just comes and like stomps on him. Yeah, Boom. exactly. Yeah, I, you know, the way they introduced and treated Grievous in this, I, I love this v- version of Grievous so much more <laughs> than the one that's in yeah. the movie. Even yeah. his voice. He's <laughs> um, not like a rasping, like... I'm good with the voice either way. It's just the, the character. Like, in, in Revenge of the Sith, he runs away most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> He's scur- scurrying away. 
And in this, like, he, yeah, he does an amount of scurrying, but he also does an, a, a fair amount of stalking. Like the yeah. in, the intro to him, where he's kind of sneaking up on five, four or five Jedi. Like that doesn't happen. <laughs> this guy is is we'd never seen that. This droid well, that's, that's it. taking out Jedi like like they're nothing. It was he was so cool, and he just looked wicked. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. Like they, they, you got the impression in the movies that he was quite powerful, and yes, he had many lightsabers and whatnot. But this is the show that spelled it out how badass he was. Like, like you said, Colin, that original scene in the cave, like he literally smokes like five Jedi at once, and then the council's even talking about it after in the show. They're like, no one's at like. They basically say like, how is it possible that like one person can hold themselves against five Jedi? Like that's a problem that needs to be taken care of. Like stat. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they, he didn't have like the, uh, the arms that broke apart into four, which I'm kind of glad about. Like I thought that was a, a thing that got done in, in Revenge of the Sith because it could be done. You know, I, I, I prefer everything about the character from this Tartakovsky series. Yeah. And it's, that's for me, that's why for me, it's the standout. Yeah. Because was... a, lo- a lot of times when you redo something, the, the like you could say that especially for for everything that that the the, the Clone Wars series gave us like it, it's I think it's the thing that you wanted to 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 bring in uh to 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 future storytelling was the um like the battles uh and how badass Anakin is right and we kind of get that a little bit in season seven uh of of uh, of the Clone Wars. Uh, but not as much as as what we would have gotten, let's say, uh, had the let's say Tartakovsky that 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 uh, what's it called, um, the aesthetic and and what what they were going for was a little bit more action based. Yes, and and um, yeah. So so for me, the Grievous is the, like I like I said for that's like the standout for me was that, and it's like. It's it's rare that I'm gonna I'm not the the nostalgia type, but like that's the one that like really stood out to me. Well, I remember Grievous being really cool, but the standout villain, at least at first, anyhow, for me was Dirge, man, because Dirge kind of again got swept under the rug a bit. Like I was saying earlier, that I haven't seen this in a minimum like at a least decade. ten years, right? So Dirge, man, like dude, when I saw, it, I was like, oh yeah, that was so cool, man, like. That guy was so powerful. Like, what the hell kind of species was that guy? Like, if there were more of him, like, the Republic would have been in some serious trouble, man. And just that opening scene with him too, like, the the troops in Obi Wan on the speeders with the the javelins. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're basically jousting. Yeah, that that would be cool live action, man. Like, that was something I was feeling, man. Like the the aesthetic there, like you said, Kyle was was hyper. You know, like it was crazy. And Dirge himself too, like putting himself back together. He almost reminded me of uh, what happens in Akira to uh, Tetsuo. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. Akira. Sorry, never seen it. Akira. I know what you're talking Sorry. about. Never seen it. Sorry. Yeah. You have seen it. I've seen it with you. You introduced it to me. You are thinking of uh, your other brother. <laughs> wow. I at least I have fuzzy you're... recollections of some movies that I've seen before. I have no recollection of ever seeing Akira. You and Mike McManus. Where do you think I found it from? You guys. 
you're teaching me things about myself I didn't know. Uh, I I don't. I have no idea what Akira is even about. I could not tell you a single thing about it. I'll send you a picture and you'll be like, oh yeah, cool. Do that. Um, yeah, like the, the whole yeah, Dirge was pretty cool too. And one of the things that I think this series did well, and it's what Tartakovsky does well, is he just takes things and just makes them stupid. Like he just goes nuts with them. Like Dirge is a what an insane character. The, the, the abilities and the way this character works, it's so dumb. But within the confines of this show, why the hell not? Like, everything is pushed to the nth degree, whether it's a space fight, uh, lightsaber battles, everything is just done to the nines. And why not do the same with this Dirge character? Uh, but on, on that note, on Dirge, so his official introduction came in by Dark Horse Comics. But it was this show that kind of elevated him. But what's cool is that he's coming back into canon. Really? Yeah, he's coming. Like, he's coming in by comics. So uh, War of the Bounty Hunters is coming later this late spring, I think, soon. Maybe early summer. And Dirge is a part of it. So he's, he is coming back to canon. Um, but what, like what, where it gets really interesting, really interesting, Corey, you're talking about, you know, oh, it'd be cool to see this guy live action. Maybe we will. I'm not going to rule it out because part of his legends history from his dark horse comics is that he hates Mandalorians. Ooh, right. That's all he does is just live to kill Mandalorians. And, and well, that, that's the thing. Like his, he almost looks like an experiment gone wrong. And when I was watching it this time around, I was like, is this guy like a Mandalorian gone like like black or something or like, you know, like gone to the dark side? I don't know, but what's he, what is a bounty hunter doing in this series? Like Dirge is a bounty hunter. Why is he in this fight wrecking shop against a bunch of clones? What's the bounty here? There is none. There's no bounty. He's just out there mowing down people for... Who's this a bounty? He's probably making mad money. What's the bounty? Who's he hunting? The clones? <laughs> then he's they're, they're, he's not being hired to hunt. He's being hired to kill, which yeah, and that's a key distinction. A hunter will hunt. And he's like, this is no no no. I'm not here to fight a war for you. I'm here to like kill a target. But here it's just yeah, come kill these clones who happen to be cloned from a maybe maybe not Mandalorian. Cool, I'm in. So uh. they maybe carried forward some of that legend stuff about him hating Mandalorians, and maybe they'll bring that into canon. Which then, you can't rule out <laughs> a return to live action because well, you know, I, everything Mandal is so everything Mandalorian is so hot right now. We need new villains for for that side of the Star Wars galaxy to to deal with. Why couldn't why couldn't Dirge come back into live action and fight Din Djarin? It's I you cannot rule this out at this point. Anyway. I'm surprised that, like the 2008 series of Clone Wars at least didn't like do it one arc with him. You know what I mean? Like finish him off. He'd be the big baddie for at least like a three, four episode thing. Uh, you got me. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. There could be there could be something as silly as some sort of legal thing where it was Dark Horse's guy and he's ours right now, and you can't for some stupid reason have him. Who knows? But they decided not to, and I think it's cool because it gives this character. You know, digging out a character from Legends and, and 
and bringing them back into canon, you know, when they do it ju- judiciously, it can work. You, oh, that's 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 a dice for me, bro. See, I, I find this series itself is kind of very much in a gray area. Like Legends is straight up to me, like not canon. You know what I mean? Like, do you consider this Clone Wars Tartakovsky series no. to be considered Legends? No. It's of course it is. Yeah, it's absolutely legends. Really, eh? Yeah. Well, look. So when Anakin but goes to just... fight Asajj Ventress on Mes- on uh, Yavin, he's yeah, he kills uh, her. Well, she died. Well, she's you like to believe she dies in Star Wars. If you don't see the body, they're not dead. But true. Anakin's starship, is, the, the droid is not R two. It's R four, and that ship gets destroyed. But R four is Obi Wan's droid in Revenge of the Sith. Before he gets his dome ripped off, so there's that little continuity glitch right there, which his eh. ship's the same too. Like the, his ship in, in season one is absolutely crazy. It's giving me like mad pod racer vibes, oh, sound is, wise and everything. That is my favorite start like fighter ship in all of Star Wars. Yeah, it's so rad. Eh? I, I love forgot it so how much. Lo- yeah, I, I forgot how much I loved it too. Just again, the sound. The way it like flew, like the way the engines were placed, like it really, and the color scheme too reminded me of this pod racer. I was like, oh, this is so neat. And of course, like, of course, you know, the Jedi had their own little, you know, I think they're Ather sprites, the ones that, like the arrow shaped ones from Attack of the Clones. Like, of course, Anakin would take one like that and modify the hell out of it. Like, you're right. And it, it does sort of have a, a, a pod, his pod racer color scheme to it. He's got the two engines to it, like a pod racer. Of course, he would do that, and that's you know that's a trick I think they missed in live action because one of the great things that this micro series did is show Anakin the great pilot. You know, before Filoni came along and and, and did that as well, this series showed us Anakin the super pilot in space battle, which I appreciated like crazy because it, it didn't happen in in the movies outside no, and of it's pod true. racing. And, 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 and it was a big thing, man. Like when you're a kid, when I was a kid watching it and Obi-Wan telling Luke, like just telling him that your, your dad was a hell of a pilot, you know? And yeah. A good friend. And I, you know, so, so I, I felt some of that didn't play out well enough in the prequels. And I thought that both the, the micro series here and of course, Filoni's version did a great job of that. But one of the things I, I loved about this series is the actual opening moments as it picks up like immediately after attack of the clones and it did i thought it did such an amazing job of showing the jedi and clones sort of heading out to war as one massive army like you just see the jedi in their in their their fighters leaving alongside like those like v-wing bombers or v-19 bombers and along with the with the cruisers like it just it was great and it had the, across the stars playing in the background you see Padme there, and it's 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 right on the nose that this is Attack of the Clones, like two minutes after. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but it's you know, it, it's no, it's literally it's literally that that connection. It's meant to. Uh... I, I I thought that was fantastic the way they kind of yeah. bridged that. It was so so good. Um, well, Kit Fisto underwater that that was wild. Yeah, that's that's one that I remember and have always remembered since when I prior to rewatching it now, like if you were to ask me about that series, that would have been like 
that would scene would come to my mind, you know? Yeah, just seeing well, just seeing all those like Republic cruisers kind of splashing down in in, in the drink. <laughs> just laying Star Destroyers float. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Now they're like like battleships. And yeah, you got to th- you know you got to think to poor Kit Fisto who was so good underwater. You got to you got to wonder if if he and Palpatine had their duel underwater, who would have come out on top? <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I I don't remember. It's like I think I think it it um it definitely needs a a, a rewatch for 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 those of us who have uh, just seen it once a long time ago and or um, you know probably some of some of us haven't seen any of it. Like there's just there's just um, uh, such cool like just the ideas of some of these things and I obviously having seen having seen it it's just the imagery when you talk about that like it's it draws me back and it's like oh man I gotta go watch it again yeah, it's so cool too like because you yourself too Carlos I'm sure you know we wouldn't know each other at the time but you can put yourself back in that 2004 time frame of leading up to the end of the Skywalker saga at that time, right? Yeah. Like coming up on episode six, like it was just a bit of a special time. And, you know, it was the coming of an, uh, the end of an era kind of like the, see, I didn't even see it when it came out live. Like I, I only saw it. Uh, I think I saw it on, uh, somebody had it on up on YouTube and, uh, I think it was maybe 10 years ago or 11 years ago. It's probably in 2010 that I saw it. So uh, I I didn't see it uh, when it when it was originally released. Well, hey, you got to have a surprise little a few years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, one one of the the, the more ridiculous things, and it, it it does kind of make me roll my eyes as a, as an episode. Uh, but Mace Windu dismantling an entire army with his bare hands. Oh yeah. And but no. again, it's it's a thing that you. Like the 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 force powers of some of these people are so insanely scaled up, but that's what Tartakovsky does. Like he just goes crazy with things, and so you watch it, and you're like, "Ah, this is stupid." Oh wait, I'm watching a a cartoon. This is fine, and you just go with it. But it's it, it's so fun to watch Mace Windu take out thousands of droids, like speed bags, and and pulling them apart with the force. Like he does it every which way. Lightsaber. Uh, you know, disma- like disassembling them in in midair with the force and then using the pieces to shred apart others like it was there was some wildly inventive stuff there it was perfect man like uh, it's not a stretch for me like granted we saw a lot of action well we didn't see that much jedi action in, in attack of the clones until the end but it's they could have done better i don't know but like you wouldn't guess- see mace windu speed bagging battle droids well you we could have no it would, it would it would it would look stupid like that's that's my point like the thing you you can get away with it in this particular even if you tried to do that in the feloni version you go what but in this you're just like yep it's stylized i get it you write it differently in the sense that there's even in both versions you really don't get the idea that there's that many jedi they're just leading armies right but the jedi are really you know, we we know. I think that there was probably around ten thousand at that time, something like that. But that there's nowhere near that indication by watching these shows. You know what I mean? Nah, you're right. It's it. Yeah, you don't ever really get to see. So, like, what I would like to see, 
is the stuff that we saw like that was something where like when I saw the opening scene to the Phantom Menace, they're like a Jedi. I was like, oh my god, like what what is going on? But then I saw Anakin and uh, Qui or uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon do that super jump, right? And then I saw them do that super speed down the hallway, and I was like, dang, that is super cool. Like I want to see more of that. And I really feel after that point, maybe people, they got harped on too much for it. But I wanted to see more of that super, like, crazy stuff when it came to the Jedi. Well, like, I, yes, I think we they... saw some cool stuff on screen on in, in everything that we've seen since. But Jedi could have been more powerful, like this kind of powerful. And especially when you're talking about people like Yoda and Mace Windu, like right there at the top of the upper echelon. Like you want to see them destroy an entire armies, like lightsaberless. Well, like, this, that's what happens, this, right? This might get me in trouble, but I don't care. Like th- to me, the super speed is like looks terrible. It did, but and, I liked it. But then when Obi Wan needed it badly at the end of the movie, he didn't use it. Like, and so it's it's that kind of thing where it's you introduce yeah, something. There was like no that. continuity. It's yeah. like he dabbled, and then people like probably bitched at it but but also but like I, like yoda flipping around i i've always had a problem with that lightsaber fight it's it's too much but how else would yoda he can fight well i know it's, yeah. exactly but it, it's it's overwhelming to watch it's like oh my god wait wow what are you doing just do it make make him be a wizard make them throw shit at each other all day like when he and palpatine finally start throwing the senate at each other now we're talking and now it looks awesome but in, a, in in this Tartakovsky thing, I don't care what they do, it all it looks cool, and it's just it's so heavily stylized that who cares? Big deal. Like stuff in animation, you can get away with so much that as you try to creep closer to reality, and you bring the rules of reality closer to the surface, you can get away with less. Well, that's it. That's why I like that whole. That Mace Windu thing is another big standout thing. It was so cool to me, like you said, like it was hyper stylized. But at the same time, I was like, this is something that I would almost expect of Mace Windu to be able to like lose his lightsaber in the midst of battle. There's a like a tornado going on or whatever. And that you know that's why he, that's why he was so mad when Anakin cut his hand off. He wasn't he wasn't screaming because it hurt. He was he was mad because like his his boxing career was done. That's my golden gloves, man. That's my that's my golden ticket. <laughs> oh, he did more things than that too. Too like like you said, he was super creative and taking the army apart. But it was so cool. And even that episode itself, you know what the coolest part of that episode is, Carlos? Like when you rewatch this, pay attention to this, man. Like this is very, this is pre Avatar: The Last Airbender, but it feels like that to me in the sense that, you know. He he's going up against this army. It's just a battle. It's all visuals, hyper stylized. And he kind of defeats the army, right? Like, spoiler. But by the end of it, there it's almost as... To me, it looks like they're on Lothal. Like, by the end of it, there's, like, these... A lot of, like, ridges and mount... Like, not mountains, but bumps and hills. And, uh... And there's, there's this boy. It's basically his point of view that's been watching the battle the whole time, right? And... Uh, Mace Windu comes to see him, and they're they're just looking at each other. And the boy offers him water after he ends up taking down this giant ship. 
and he kind of grins a bit and it's just you sh- you see the humanity there right like there's not a single word spoken in this episode there's well, not the, one well, word you, spoken in that and it, it, it tells such a good tale what, what it's heartfelt you make and a good point because so much of this series is like this year overall this series is very short on words there's there's some episodes with dialogue for sure but some episodes are almost virtually wordless and the action and the visuals tell the whole story. And that, that's what I found so fascinating because even, even Samurai Jack, not a lot of talking, which was one of the cool things about, about the show is that he, like Tartakovsky could tell a story so visually, which I think has got to be one of the things that um, drew Lucas to Tartakovsky and that brought these two guys together for this project. It was, it was, yeah, for sure. Like when you want, like the clone episodes, it's, it's like hand signals. Like it's, it's so quiet in terms of dialogue. Um, you know what, what else I loved is the Anakin versus Ventress duel. Dude, that's one of the best things other like, about this whole series. That's like a, another highlight. The, like for me, like the, the lighting. Yeah, the aesthetic, well, the aesthetic of, of the, the temple. Whole, it just, it was so good. And then just the whole setting, like you said, the, the temple. And there's also, I don't know if it's a moon or another planet in the background. Well, yeah, it's Yavin, but it was Yavin, eh? Yeah. Cool. Which is, it's one That's of those things where it's like, ah, okay. Well, I guess Tartakovsky has that thing too, like a J.J. Abrams thing, where you got to make it tie into the original somehow. But you know, for them to be there fighting, convenient, but just. Just to have the effect of like the dark blue night sky with the orange moon dominating the uh, the background, man. Yeah, that as Anakin some... transforms or goes down to the dark pa- uh, side, it's good. Yeah, it's, like, it, it, uh, it's so on the nose as foreshadowing that yeah, the symbolism is right there. That even my son, who was like five when we watched, he's like, "Oh, I know why they do that. Why they did that? Because <laughs> he's going to become Darth Vader." Like it's it's such good visual storytelling. It's amazing, and that's that's why I love. It's one of the one of the reasons why I love this show so much. Yeah, it's really poignant in that sense. Like just those two alone. Again, there's a lot of moments, even with the clones too. It's just you see the clones take out an entire battalion, and they're using hand signals only. Like it's great, man. In that sense, you really get visually. It can convey a lot, man, and that's really cool. That speaks volumes because it. Frankly, like it's basically universal. Yeah, absolutely. And then into this, uh, uh, you know, the third season, second volume. If you have the DVDs, there the, the episodes got longer, but they really did start to have more of uh, a real storyline to it. As Revenge of the Sith got closer, Anakin's hair had been grown out, and this is the point where he and he and Padme had been separated for a while, and Anakin's hair has grown out, and he's got the scar. Um, and he's still sort of like, like you can see Obi-Wan next to him is sort of like exhausted and, and sick of the battle. And Anakin is still like, yeah, let's, let's, go, let's go trash some more people. Like he's getting off on this bloodlust of war thing. And so like there, there's that. Um, but then as you, as you build towards uh, this, the, uh, the plot on Nelvin, you know, with those, those, those blue dog looking people who were being experimented on and where Anakin sort of has that, that vision of himself turning into Vader. 
Like you must, Corey, that must've been like your favorite thing in the whole world. A vision. I thought it was super cool. I, I like that vision, like Anakin's vision of him becoming Vader. I think that's a cooler, more visually intriguing way of doing it than what we got on Mortis. Really? Eh? I think that was, it's done better. I, th- I, I do agree with you that it's done better. Uh, I like the premise of Mortis a thousand times more. Oh yeah, but as a premise I, for sure. I mean, but I'm, I'm just talking from purely from how, as a storytelling standpoint. Well, especially from a story storytelling standpoint of this point of view as well. Like, there's no way you can get into something like that in this short amount of time. So the way they tackled it in this sense, absolutely perfect, and it fits really well within the Star Wars aesthetic of like cultures and whatnot. Yeah, it was. It was that. That was that was super cool. And then, of course, like the the big arc of that final season, at least to me, is uh, the abduction of Palpatine as it leads into Revenge of the Sith. So you had like Shakti, and I, you know, I've always liked Shakti, and I could, if if you asked me, if you pressed me, I could never figure out why do I like Shakti so much. It's this series. It's this series that made me really fall for the Shakti character. You know, I've always thought she was visually a really cool character to look at, uh, but she was great in this. The way she just goes toe to toe with uh, with Grievous throughout. Love it, man. Absolutely love it. And so, yeah. So, uh, running through Coruscant, trying to whisk the Chancellor to safety as as they're stalked by Grievous again, doing that thing where they make Grievous look threatening, and you you get why people run scared of this guy. All the way up to the end, where he does you know, get, uh, get Palpatine away. And that, f- that final moment where Mace Windu kind of force crushes his like chest cavity area. And, oh, that's how, that's how Grievous gets the cough that he has in Revenge of the Sith. It was Mace Windu who did it. Like all that stuff was, was brilliantly done to me. What'd you think of that little, that little mini arc there, Corey? Yeah, I mean, it would definitely work for me. Like, again, like the story itself is so condensed, it's so short, and that to to tell the story that they did in that amount of time, it speaks volumes what this show is about, and it's really worth a watch because again, there's a lot of crossover, there's a lot of things they're gonna pick from moving forward. Like you said, they're doing dirge, maybe moving forward. But there, there's just so many cool things about it, and it's a it's a step above Legends for me. You know what I mean? Like I loved a lot of Legends stuff. Like it mean it's near and dear to me. Some of it <laughs> from when I was younger, and but this itself, it's even more so that in that gray area, like I was speaking about earlier, because you know it really did technically lead into the movies. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's Legends. I'm all about this. Sorry, sorry to tell you. What about this Ilum? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, that was cool. This destroying Ilum, that was crazy, man. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Or what about the Emperor knowing about Asajj? Like in Filoni's Clone Wars, I believe, like he kind of keeps her a secret, right? Like that's his little ace in the hole. Whereas in this one, he's like, Palpatine's like, yeah, she could be a valuable asset. You'll train her. Like, isn't that kind of like? The, against the ruler too. <laughs> um, 
Well, in this, Asajj was only striving to be a Sith, right? She was. She. They wouldn't consider her a Sith, so it's a loophole, Corey. You should. You should sniff that out when you see one. Yeah, but she. She was an apprentice, another apprentice. Yeah, but Palpatine never expected her to get to the point where she'd be a Sith. Like Anakin knocked her out before she could become a Sith. So technically, the rule of two never got broken, and that's the way Palpatine wanted it. She was powerful, though. I loved her character in this. She was absolutely great, man. Yeah, she was cool. I, I mean, I, I think I do prefer, obviously, the uh, Filoni-verse version of the character. Oh, yeah. Just the because character arc so much that, more. Oh, yeah. The character arc in that is lovely. But she started great there. Heel as turn. far as I know, I don't, I don't know that she was introduced somewhere before that. Like, this is, to me, the introduction. It was my introduction to, to Ventress, and I, I was like, yeah, I maybe Dark Horse. She's, she's so cool. She's really cool. Um. Yeah, I, I yeah, I thought it was really, really great. And even Anakin too. Like I'd say, like his look. I'm a big fan, man. Like, like so the way his hair changed and all that. Like you see the the growth, but just aesthetically, like his golden arm. Like I loved it, man. His tattoos. I was feeling it. The scar. I was like, bring it. You know, like I I was feeling that whole. It had a very Star Wars vibe to me and. I really liked that, and I was kind of disappointed that. Uh, and even in this series, I'll, I'll go so far as to say that you know we had seven seasons with Filoni's Clone Wars, and yes, we see Anakin dibble and dabble and struggle and whatnot with the dark side, but not all that much, to be honest. Like, yes, he has some trials and tribulations, like Mortis is an example, is one, but you know there are plenty of other opportunities and again we see it throughout but it's not it's not spelled out to the degree that it should be to be honest by the time the series done he should be almost transformed well i, th- I this think, series I think spells what they that did out with anakin kind of. in clone wars where they made him like and we're talking like the feloni uh, clone wars is he would do like really violent things and it be, it just became so normalized. Like he, that guy he murdered by stabbing through the back. What? He was going to blow the ship up. Like he just murders a dude in cold blood. And Obi-Wan and Padme are like, what? And he's like, ah. Like that, that, that's the kind of thing where he's just, he just does dark things and thinks nothing of it. That, that's the thing that kind of greases the skids for him to fall. Yeah. Not that True. he's sitting like, there like they, they- tormented in a corner crying about everything. What's the general, uh, what's his face there in season seven? The spider that survived. Trench. What's his face? Admiral yes. Trench. Yeah, Admiral Trench. Like, he, he really kills him pretty good. But Yeah, another way. Yeah, he just like, stabs him right through the chest again. And it's like, and he, but he was mad. If I'm, yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I think he was really well, Don't pissed. get me wrong. It's not like they don't spell it out in the series, but I find like in this series and the amount of time that they have, they really take a... Uh, a keen look at Anakin's transformation, which is, I'd say, half of what the Clone Wars is all about, at least. And they did a good job of portraying that in such a short amount of time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Anakin definitely got s- some spotlight, but by the you know, again, I hope we also have to distinguish the Filoni Clone Wars. That show ended up being as much about the clones, and I think Ahsoka was was the lead by a certain point. Like by season four, I think it is almost not Ahsoka's show, but oh, she almost became like the POV character in a lot of ways. 
And Obi-Wan got a ton of screen time. And sometimes he was separated entirely from Anakin. So Anakin, for sure, he got his part. But I don't know that the show was was focused on, on showing his descent. It did. Maybe they didn't know it was going to end so soon and they had that all planned because it was definitely something that a little bit that was lacking. Yes, you saw the descent a bit, but it wasn't spelt out so much in this sh- as it was in this short two-hour time frame. Well, again, like it's, I, I think you know, things fall into place in these shows where by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, like it's literally just Palpatine just hitting that domino. And now, now, and then everything just starts to go to hell for him. It was just like setting up all these different things where, eh, get him to kill people, get him to do this, get him to do that. And then when, when I really need him to do it for me, he'll do it. And he'll, and he'll listen to me. No, he'll do it. Exactly. Do it. You know, you know what, you know what we were robbed of though? What live action? We were robbed of a live action Wolfman Jedi. This bullshit. <laughs> You see that guy, dude? Yeah, he's cool. And Opal Rancis too. Opal Rancisis, yeah, man, he was—he's—he's he's pretty wild looking. I wanted him. <laughs> Give me him. Why? Well, what is he in Attack of the Clones or Phantom Menace? I can't remember. It's Phantom he, Menace. He just get enough screen time, whatever it is. Yeah, he. Yeah, I guess in that way we were robbed. But is it? I think it's in Legends. You see Rancisis get killed in the comic books. I don't think they tackled that canonically. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone out there will will, will correct me. Um, the other thing I really loved is you know that gunship with uh, with like the blue striping on it and uh, is it a rancor mouth painted out the front? Yeah, I love that thing. I love that gunship. To try and get your hands on one, good God, crack open the wallet. It's ex- really eh? oh, it's expensive. A lot of so they did make a toy. <laughs> They did. Like, I've got the little micro or, uh, Hot Wheels, which is good enough. <laughs> so what, this is, a, this is a ship that was solely in Tartakovsky? Uh, I don't know if it was in the Filoni version. It could have been, but as far as I know, it was just in this. Wow. I, and, well, let's talk about the toys. Like, I, I went crazy. Well, not crazy. I, in my own way, I went crazy for the figures of this line. Like, I remember in that... You know, 0405 time frame. When it, I don't know if the figures came out in support of the series at the start or later in the end, but I remember being obsessed with those figures, and I was driving around everywhere looking for them. And like I would drive to a Toys R Us an hour away just to check because th- this was not a uh, a day and age where you could go check on stock online or where my my mercenary network was. <laughs> was set up and I'd be like, hey guys, anybody uh anybody near the LaSalle Toys R Us? What about the Brossard Toys R Us? But I was just I would just go on my own. And to this point, like even now I have like 20 figures from this line. And like when I was doing my purge of like Star Wars stuff that I can't sell or or will sorry will sell and did sell, this stuff was untouchable. It's not, I was, I never for a second thought, I'm going to sell this. And and they're not worth a lot. It's not because I think they're going to someday become uh, this hot ticket item. But like it was like, no, no, I'm, I am absolutely not selling these figures. I love them way too much. And uh, I, I guess I should check. I, I bet, I wonder if because Dirge is coming back into canon, 
I wonder if that particular figure has uh, has jumped a little bit. I'm gonna probably. Check, I'm gonna check that because before any of them, like fifteen, like carded, you could get them like fifteen to like thirty bucks tops. I've seen them even cheaper than that. Some of them, and you, you, Kyle, you'd given something to Nolan recently. My son, Kyle, gave him this like uh, I think it was like a five pack. It comes with like Obi Wan plus this like clone trooper armor, Asajj, Yoda, Anakin, Grievous. Yeah, they're they're it's a little a crazy more crazy battle pack. It's a cool battle pack. That, you know the, the the background. The you know you get the the setting printed into the packaging so it's it's cool to leave in box in that way but the figures are not in the uh, tartakovsky or feloni style they're, they're done with more realistic looking sculpts but it's it's a cool set I've but it's it. based on the tartakovsky stuff you see with anakin's gold arm and asajj's styling yeah yeah yeah, for sure and obi-wan's got the jousting stick and all that stuff yeah exactly it's so cool like i i can't believe like now that it's come out like it's hyper cool to be honest like i'm gonna take it for my son no you're not <laughs> Hey, don't forget, I have your Boba Fett or uh, Black Black Series. Why? You gave it to me. Well, you you, you asked me. <laughs> you you keep it safe for me. Okay, and I think it was after the, after the fire last year. Which hey, that's uh, like a you know one year anniversary of that fi- great fire now, huh? Yeah, it was on the sixth. And I remember you you would uh, you gave that to me because you didn't want them like, when the, when the people were coming to like clean chemical clean all the stuff. You're like, no, nah, I don't want them to touch this. And so it's been here in my house ever since. That's my hostage now. So don't you touch Nolan's battle pack. <laughs> can I buy it off him? No. He can make his own decisions. No, you can't. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to Facebook messenger him tomorrow. And I'm going to say, don't let your de- thieving, scamming father, nicknamed Nixon, for a reason, take that from you. <laughs> it's like a shiny quarter, Nolan. Oh my god, that's like playing Monopoly with my kids and like having to endure them like trying to fleece each other. <laughs> no, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Nolan to open it and play with it, and then Corey will have no interest anymore. Yeah, I'm done after that. that that's it. <laughs> Just open the packaging, take the figures out, play with them, put them back in the box. Your, oh, it is your cool, they are opposable. But it is a nice little battle pack. It is, absolutely. Uh, I was surprised, man. I was like, thank you, Mr. Kyle. Thank you very much. We sound like Mama Fratelli there. Exactly. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Willie. Thank you very much. God. Oh my God. What a worst, dingus. from the worst movies. What? You're... F- I swear to God. <laughs> I hope your dog bites your face off while you sleep. Oh, don't say that, man. Come on. <laughs> It's true though. Booty's hater. <laughs> well then, Jesus. That got dark. <laughs> God, I hope your dog eats your face off, Jesus. Trust me, she won't. She loves you. I don't know. They're very loving creatures. Pitbulls are very needy, man. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, you, their their whole their whole um uh existence is uh, to please their masters. So, yeah. But uh, you never know. I mean, uh, That's it. just let him know that if he's eating your face, you don't like that. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to go to bed and put a peanut butter mask on your face, don't complain if you wake up with no face the next day. No, I think, <laughs> uh, I don't think my face will be eaten off, but I'll definitely have it exfoliated. 
<laughs> She'll lick the crap out of my face for sure. Um, cool, man. All right. Uh, I'm ready to wind this down. I've got nothing else to say about this series that everybody should go check out if you have Disney+. Plus. Anybody yeah, want to uh, throw anything else in there? Yeah, I'm going to summarize here in the sense that I'm just saying it's a really, really cool period between the two movies that was actually between the two movies, like literally. So from that point of view, it's important. It's a great introduction to characters and it's a stylized view of them in the sense where they're not, I don't want to say lame, but they're really cool, man. Like it it gets to the core of the, 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 some like the characters, the story. It's a really short, sweet, poignant, clear and coherent story for such a short period of time you do get a clear sense of what the clone wars were like it spells out all the players kind of you know gives everybody a little limelight and it's well worth the watch oh yeah i i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna revisit this this thing a little more often Uh, and if only just to watch the animation i i find it so good i just love the old schoolish look to it and I know for some people who are uh, like anime hardcores, this series is offensive. <laughs> yeah, it didn't hold up for me either, to be honest. When I saw the droids, like 3PO and R2, I was like, is this 1985 droids? Well, th- like, what the hell am I watching? He, like, he that did. was rough. Tartakovsky did base uh, R2 and 3PO in the show on those droid cartoons. Oh, it was it, brutal. It's intentional. That was a bad decision. That was a really bad decision. But I think that's a that's a question of of personal preference, there, Corey. That's it. It's continuity, I guess, for him, animation wise. I guess he was big on that. But anyway, just again, if you're watching it, pay attention to in some episodes the amount of how just how little dialogue there is, but at the same time, how much emotion you're feeling through visual effect, and that's a beautiful thing, man. That's something not to be taken for granted. No, it's a it's a great series. Yeah, evoking emotions without saying a word is a beautiful thing. It's, one thing this thing's going to make me do is I I want to get my hands on like Samurai Jack this series again. I had the whole yes. series on my PVR before I changed providers. Oh no! Yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing. I I have the movie, which is tough to get nowadays, and you know I can always watch that, but the series itself was so good, and especially they you know they brought back a, a later season. Um, as the character got a little bit older, I I got to find a way to get my hands on that whole damn series. I can't find it. I, I looked it up. It's not on Netflix or Amazon uh, or Stars or Disney Plus. It's I don't know where it is. I I don't want to have to watch it off YouTube. I don't know. I got I got to dig a little deeper for it. But man, I enjoyed the hell out of this thing. I, I will, like I said, revisit more often, and just just enjoy the hell out of out of some really cool animation. It's it's just a it's a bold and very uh, I don't say artistic, but it's it's just the style is just really well suited to Star Wars for me. And but in saying that, I think this is the format I prefer most in. I think if you went seven seasons of this, it would it would be a bit much. Yeah, like this is just it, this, this is like a very dense piece of of really rich cheesecake. It's like it's like uh, I I think it's if you could compare it to anything, it would be a comic book one shot. Yeah, like where the, like you, if, you got your best people and just did a huge like forty four page one forty eight page one shot. This is what comes out, and you're like, wow, what a series! And that that's it. That's the way it works best. 
Yeah, I would say I would say that, and also for so uh, speaking as uh, somebody who hasn't seen it in a while, like I'm I'm super like stoked to to watch this. And I'll probably w- end up watching it before the Bad Batch is released. The I'll finish I'll finish up the rewatch, and it's well uh, it's well worth it. Like no, no for worth- sure for sure, and j- just to just to uh, like go back and be like. Oh yeah, I remember this. Oh yeah, it's like sometimes, you know, we let things go so far, and then, uh, you know, the overreaching story is seems to get lost. Uh, so yeah, guys, they they put it on Disney Plus. It's there for us to watch it. So give it a look. One of, one of the underrated things about it is is watching it and and listening to James Arnold Taylor how he hadn't quite found Obi Wan yet. Like it's still yeah. clearly Obi Wan. But his Obi Wan from the from this into the Filoni version is still markedly different. There's it's still a noticeable difference, and I think there, there's some episodes where it, it goes up and down. But he hadn't quite found it. And I, you know, there's not a whole lot of material to work with for him. But yeah, it, that that's one of the interesting things because you know Tom Kane, he I thought he nailed Yoda. You know the Yoda you get in this one is the same one you get uh, in the Filoni version. Like it's yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, it was fascinating to listen to James Arnold Taylor sort of work it out on on the fly, and you know obviously they believed in him because they brought him back. But uh, do you yeah. think? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, do you do you think that they were released in order of recording, or if if or or were they like uh, staggered? Hmm, I don't know. You know, because sometimes if you, like you hear the voice and it's like, okay, cool. Wait, that doesn't sound right. And then you come back like two, three episodes later, and then it's like, okay, wait, he's. It seems like he's found his voice again. Like it's, it's also it could be how they were recorded, and like over time, like he evolved into the character, but then they released them in different orders. Yeah, like for animation, it, it for me, I mean, having no idea how this stuff gets made, it makes no sense to not do it in order. But who knows? There could be plenty of reasons why you do it out of order. Maybe you need a certain mix of actors in the studio and you can only do it on a certain day. All right, looks like we're doing episode four on the first day because that's how we can get all these people together. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Maybe it was out of order and that's why it felt a little uneven. But he, he sure worked it out, that's for sure. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's our, our podcast for this week on the Tartakovsky Clone Wars micro series. I like I said, I unabashedly love this stupid little thing, and uh, that's great, man. I'm glad it's I'm I'm glad it's you know floated back to the top here and getting a little bit of love on uh, you know it's 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 obviously got buried under years of great Filoni stuff. But it, it, dude, I just googled that battle pack. It's worth like two hundred bucks now. No, it's not. Yeah. Stop yes. lying. It's, I don't care. So what are we doing? All. Caravan of Courage. Oh, <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that one, Corey. You might uh, do it. Maybe that might be your first solo episode. Ooh. I'll let my son watch it. I'll do. I'll do an episode with my son, and he'll tell you all how uh, how he feels about it. <laughs> Maybe we can do a, a a bit, like a segment of the show dedicated to both Ewok movies and just be done with it in half an hour. <laughs> I'd like to get the kids to watch them, though. I know I love them. 
no, you know, you know like my kids protest if they see bad effects in a movie. They're like, I don't want to watch this. This is crap. <laughs> yeah, sucks, man. I've actually had my nine year old say that about something. I don't remember what movie it was. He's like, Dad, this is this is trash. <laughs> like, it, oh, if they see, if they see like bad stop motion, they're like, oh, this, this looks so bad. And sometimes like they'll see like an Empire Strikes Back, you can tell that the walkers are stop motion, and they're like, mm. and I'm like, don't say it. And they're like, it's I I. I'm not, I like the movie, but I'm, I'm just saying it. And I'm like, I know, say it, but think it, but don't say it. Keep the inside part inside. It's like, I'm going to say it. No, you're not. I'm going to say it. It's like, I'm going to raise my hand, but, uh. (laughs) No, but like some other movies where like the stop motion is really bad or like obviously something is a matte paint background. (laughs) Oh, they haven't, we haven't gone to Beetlejuice yet. But yeah, like even some of the like the early uh, Simpsons episodes, like my son is just like, oh, this animation is so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it is bad. Yeah, Homer's you... mouth, like his beard line is just moving constantly. Oh, it was it was terrible. Like they wobbled and the coloring was off and ugh, like he can't like for the same reason he can't watch some of the old G1 Transformer stuff. Like it's the animation is sucks. Oh, speaking of animation, um, one one of the other little Easter eggs of the show, uh, those blue people on the planet Nelvin, that is a nod to the Nelvana Animation Studio out of Toronto and Vancouver. They they did the droid and Ewok cartoons uh, of the eighties, so that was another cool. nod that Tartakovsky worked in uh, into the show. So that you know, nice. And he worked a bunch of little little things like that into the show, just you know, little homages and stuff like that. Google them; they're all in there. You can you can check it out. But uh, yeah, guys, let's uh, let's wrap it up for this week. Um, if you guys want to be a bigger part of the podcast, you can always email us at tumblingsaver at gmail and we will get your thoughts into an upcoming episode of the podcast. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to the Tumbling Saber Facebook group, um, where this week the most popular thread was about the newest McDonald's Happy Meal toys. <laughs> <laughs> true story like that that is that is sort of the energy of our facebook group happy meal toys uh so <laughs> if that it's sounds safe. if that sounds like it's up your street come uh, come join the clown car <laughs> um but that, yeah, okay that's gonna do it uh guys where can we find each other on social media carlos over to you you can find me at C Candido Music or at the Funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, check out my website, which is going to be revamped in the next two weeks. CarlosCandidoMusic.com. Corey, top rules with a Z on the Twitter machine, and Kyle, uh, tell us about our closed Facebook group. I just did. You just did, man. More. Take take your eye, get get your eyes off the script. You don't you don't have to go off script all the time. Yeah, you know, I said Zed. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, that, I guess that does show some independent thought. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, you, you know where to find me in in the Facebook group and on Twitter at Tumbling Saber. Uh, come hit me up. We'll talk. And uh, that's going to do it for this week. Hope you enjoyed our our time here talking about Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Uh, Tartakovsky? Tartakovsky? Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky. Got it. Gendi. What, Carlos? Gendi? Say it again. Tartakovsky. All right, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought, and uh, we'll try and do better next week. But until then, everybody, thank you for spending time with us. And until <laughs> next time, stay safe 
and may the force be with you. Sitting here for hours, looking at that child. Pages getting wider like a mirror to myself. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see.